0: Okay, got it. Okay, start over. (laughs) Okay, start over. So, Newport Beach, you grew up in Newport. Yeah, I grew up in Newport, and uh, I I grew up in Newport Beach, and uh, was drinking and going to Newport Harbor. Mm -hmm. I went to Newport Christian, and then uh, I got kicked out of there for just, you know, talking a bunch of crap and fighting.
1: Do you think you, when growing up, do you think you... Were you diagnosed with oppositional personality disorder were you were you a
0: bad kid Yeah 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 well, no, I wasn't a bad kid. I just didn't want to um, – I just didn't want to – I always kind of want to be the bad guy. You know what I mean? Like when we were kids, we'd play like cops and robbers, and I was always the robber. Okay. You know, we'd play, you know, Cowboys and Indians. I'll be the Indian. You know, we'd be good guys, bad guys. I was always the bad guys. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I just had an affinity for that. Right, <laughs> so right. I don't know. And you know?
1: So, and so after getting kicked – or after leaving high school, mm-hmm. you were kicked out? Yeah. Were you
0: just done with school Well, I went to a bunch of different high schools. You know, I wasn't done with, I still, when I I left home at 16 and I stayed with my grandfather in Mm -hmm. Garden Grove, I still continued to go to school. I went to Lake High School. It was Mm -hmm. a continuation school. Right. And I did that for about a year and a half. And then. Just um, didn't graduate though? No. Okay. I, I didn't. And Um, Garden Grove was a little bit rough.
1: I mean, it still kind of is a little bit. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then I started getting into meth and and, then, you know, meth and uh, other drugs. And just it was a party town. You know, we'd go to backyard parties and, Mm -hmm. you know, bands and uh, just do all that stuff. And uh, uh, from there, it just progressed. And then I started, uh, you know, getting into crime and then uh, running around hotels, motels. And just, you know, living that lifestyle. Was it mostly
1: mostly like the meth? Meth lifestyle in the, in the beginning, yeah. yeah,
0: it was it was a total
1: meth lifestyle. And back then, you know? I believe, late '80s, early '90s, it was more crank. Crank. It was. Cr- there was no crank. crank. There, there was, was no. Glass. There was no glass. People None were of smoking that. No, it. no, no, no. There was snorting it was, that shit. It was
0: peanut, peanut butter biker That's crank right. bathtub crank. There was the peanut butter. Yeah. There was, the, yeah. there was <laughs> the lemon. The lemon the lemon butter. drop, and, and then all the other, yeah, all the other I
1: stuff. I remember that yeah. shit was jet fuel. Yeah. I mean, you did a line of that. Yeah. Go to I think I
0: went through a couple years where maybe I slept like. I don't know, 20 or 30 times out of a year, <laughs> right. well, you what, know, or what, I just, what was the longest you
1: stayed up? How many days in a row? Usually
0: like 11 or 12 days. Right. This is real. real. A lot of people real. won't be able to that shit. It's real, real every day. And, and then for years, I never said, okay, you guys, I am going to lay down and go to bed for the next eight hours. Right. Like I, that, that wasn't in it. it doesn't no, happen, I would okay. just fall asleep somewhere. Yeah. And then wake up eight hours later, 10 sure, hours later. Sure. And right. I'm like, man, I did not want to go to sleep. Right, right. Have you, you know, sleeps? it was, it was crazy.
1: Right. Like insanity. We used to have a joke and I was, we were talking about Jamie a little bit ago. Yeah. We'd say, I'll sleep when I die. Yeah. 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 Well, Pej, why don't you ever sleep? Cause I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> you know, FOMO. Miss anything.
0: Right. Fear of missing out. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah.
1: So, so then, uh, throughout your young adulthood, then what, like what, what
0: did you, you um, started going to prison, okay. you know, started doing, uh, because you know, when you're out there involved in crime, mm-hmm. you know, doing crime and then right. having, having to, uh, come up and having to, uh, sustain, right. you know, getting drugs, selling drugs, doing a little crime, doing mm-hmm. a little boosting from stores right. and then, uh, doing, the lifestyle, the lifestyle, the lifestyle, yeah. the lifestyle running amok, right. you know, and, uh, I, I thought it was kind of normal. Right. And then, uh, then there were times where there were times where um, you know I'd been to ten rehabs. Back you know? then, uh, no, over Afterwards. my over my uh, course of uh, my history okay. 10 rehabs, and then you know years in prison. You so, know? so when you were when you were running amok, mm-hmm. did the thought
1: ever come into your conscience that this lifestyle is not right? It's not good. I should. I probably shouldn't be doing this, but I'm well, doing it to. to to get mine,
0: not in the beginning. Not yeah. in the beginning. Cause everyone I associated with was in the, involved with the lifestyle, right? You know, and so I just thought it was sort of like, was a was, like a collective egoic lifestyle, like collective egoic lifestyle. Like this is our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. This is just who we are. We're what drug we do. Addicts, and this right. is what we do, and uh, uh, this is who we are and what we do, and this right. is how we get money, and this is how we survive, and this is how we uh, this is how we live and operate. Right. You know, right. just don't get caught. So you know?
1: <laughs> so then, when you say you were no, don't get caught. Just don't get caught. And it's never against you know, the law yeah, unless yeah. you get caught. Yeah, yeah, just don't get
0: caught. Right. Yeah.
1: So so then, when you uh, when you were starting to get into trouble, uh, mm-hmm. was the writing on the wall yet? Was there hints of you know what? I'm starting to get in trouble. I got to go to rehab. Why were you going to rehab? Okay,
0: so there were times where you know I, I have this. I was in this garage right. in Costa Mesa. So was I. You know, I was in a garage in Costa Mesa. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so I'm working on this bicycle right. in this garage uh-huh. in Costa Mesa. Right. And I'd been working on that bicycle for 11 days. Right. You know. <laughs> and, uh, and, and a lot I'm, of work to be done. A lot of work to be done on this bicycle. And then I had no money. I was, uh, you know, super tweaked out and uh, just on this low bottom role mm-hmm. and so uh, I hear this voice in the back like like this voice in the back of my head you know I'm like 20 years old I hear this voice in the back of my head and the voice goes you know it's my mom's voice and uh-huh. it's going Danny you are so smart you were so intelligent can't you see that stuff is ruining your life mm-hmm. can't you see that that is it's not healthy you know can't you see it's it's holding you back you know and, and then I, how old were then you during I, this time? like uh maybe 20 20 years, know, old. 20
1: years old. So is it fair to say that, that your mother was very important to you growing up? I've always wanted to make my mom proud of me. Were you a mama's boy? Um, ki- kind of. Yeah. You know, kind of. I've yeah. always wanted to make I my am. mom proud. just want you to you know, know. All Persians, whether they tell you or not, they're yeah. all mama's
0: boys. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Great. Great. I've always wanted to make her proud. Right. and uh, So that uh, voice was
1: sort of like your conscience. It was
0: um, your mother's voice. It's what yeah. you were most familiar yeah. with. Telling you, like, you're better than this. Yeah. So I made a decision that I go, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? I'm in this garage. I have no money. I'm like, I'm like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. This is super weird. Right. My, uh, the mother of my daughter, she'd been pregnant. And, uh, uh, and I'm just like, what am I doing? I need to get clean. I need to get sober. I need to get At off. At 20 this stuff. you were thinking this. At 20. Okay. So I'm like, I'm, I gotta get clean. I gotta get sober. I gotta get off this crap. And I, I, I can't keep living this way this way. This is. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And so then I made a decision that I am going to go to rehab. Okay. I made a decision. I'm going to go to rehab. And I'm going to get clean. I'm going to get sober. I'm going to get off this crap. And I'm going to live to my potential. Because I could tell at that moment that, like, hey, I was not living to my potential. You know, I I, I had big dreams and hopes and goals and thought I could do things. Right. So I went to give... Rehab a, a try. So I got to rehab. What kind of rehab did you go to? Was it like to the a, Rock Center? Okay, the Rock Center. Mm-hmm. I went which, to the Rock is, Center. which was indigent, a low, bottom, low indigent, bottom indigent place. Indigent recovery place. Northern Orange County. And Northern Orange County. Yeah. And I got there, and then after a couple weeks of that, I didn't feel amazing. I didn't feel like I was living to my potential. I didn't feel amazing. I didn't feel awesome. I was just dry. Were you depressed? And so that is something that always happened to me in my recovery journey is that every time – see, I've been diagnosed ADHD, depression, bipolar, schizoaffective. I've been on every medication you could possibly think of. I've been on Wellibutrin, Proz, uh, Prozac, Zoloft, because every time I ever got cleaned up and got sober, got off of drugs, right. I always experienced severe depression.
1: Schizoaffective when, as a result of psychosis from
0: doing meth? Is psychosis that- from doing meth. Yeah. You know, psychosis from doing meth. And just like Aaron something's voices, wrong with me. Staying up Something, long hours. Yeah. Yeah. And so then uh yeah, I've been on Haldol and Meloril and all that weirdo stuff and uh, uh you know and it just I'm not saying the medication is bad, right. you know, but uh back then uh I'd either get sober, sober up and I would just think something's horribly wrong with me mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I'm severely depressed. Right. And so now I'm just like, well, this is sobriety. Yeah, this is sobriety. I'm sober now, and yeah. I was horribly depressed. Right. So, um, and then it turns out that you know, uh, until I was able to confront and face my demons by going through the steps process of change, transformation. This is why I was depressed. This is why I was sad, shame, guilt, fear, ego, pride. Right. All these things a- inside a- of me. At that
1: time, were you introduced to the steps, or were you? No, no, to no. I mean, did- kind of. You know yeah. what I mean?
0: But like, I just thought, like, I just need to clean up and get right and feel amazing, and I never felt. So you were amazing. making
1: decisions with this more than the. There's this.
0: Everything is the heart. It was, right. But at the time
1: you were more like based off of your knowledge and what you think, what would you do? You stay in rehab for like two, three weeks, then leave.
0: Yeah. And go get over high. Over and over again. And go get high. And over and over again. started at 20. And it started at 20. And then what, what like. And then out. prisons and then years and years in prison. Mm-hmm. And then every time I got out of prison, I made a decision that I was going to live to my potential. And then not always went south. Because see, here's this thing. Okay. You know, I, I'm doing a lot of studies of, of the heart. Right. Okay, the heart is what why we it is what, the way we feel is more important than anything in life. The way we feel it's not about what we think about life; mm-hmm. it's what we feel about who we are and the life that we have and the relationships that we have around us. They're still not getting sound. Hey, Carrie, can
1: you hear us? They're still not getting sound.
0: Okay. Can, she's, you, can you hear said, us now? She, she said, "Got it." Yeah. Okay. So. So long story short, mm-hmm. this is why we are, as long as the heart is infected with, di- we call it the disease, trauma, guilt, PTSD, whatever it is that we've gone through, as long as the heart is infected with that, mm-hmm. shame and guilt and fear, fear, mm-hmm. fear is everything. Right. And as long as it's infected with that, see, we don't see life, we don't see life as it actually is. We don't see life how it actually is. We see life how we are. Right. Right. However the hell we are, whatever condition that we are in is how we see life. Mm-hmm. And whatever condition of the heart is in is how we see life. Mm-hmm because you know this is everything and as long as my heart was infected with disease whatever you want to call it and mm-hmm. as long as I'm infected with that I will always see life as miserable sad depressed you know going through this tr- process of change and finding out my character defects and my shortcomings and being able to remove those mm-hmm. so that my heart can open up because I believe that our natural state is when we're like children
1: right often when, you I, know? when I when I talk to to people in certain settings recovery settings for example uh there's so many different interpretations there's so many different words that are used like the devil ego uh, yeah. you know mental illness yeah. you know, all all the different things that that come with it but definitely you know when our mind is polluted obviously how are we supposed to move forward in life because we're always we become conditioned to thinking that we're pieces of shit so we want to remain pieces of shit mm-hmm. when really truly we're not pieces of shit but the weird thing
0: is that everyone wants happiness right Everyone wants to have and a, a, happy, life. See- Everyone
1: wants a happy, happy life. A lot of and people they- seek happiness through drugs because it makes them, They think it makes them feel happy.
0: It does. It does. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are hardwired for happiness. Listen, we are hardwired for happiness. If we can't get happiness out of this life on the Natch, we will find it in the spoon. We will find it in the bottle. We will find it. And it doesn't matter that we're going to go back to prison. It doesn't matter. One time I was shooting a, a heroin and um, I was in the garage and my sister had caught me and I was always open and honest with her. Mm-hmm. And, and I had a period of sobriety, like nine months. Right. And uh, she saw me and she's like, What are you doing? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You're going to go back to prison. This is bad, Danny. Right. You can't be shooting heroin. Like, what are you doing? Right. It's going to be bad. You're going to go back to prison. You're on parole. You're going to get. Caught! you can't do that. And I looked at her and I told her, you know, that's probably true. But not today. Right. Not today. Today I'm going to do this, Sean, and I'm going to feel freaking happy. I'm going to feel good. I'm going to feel great. Mm-hmm. And I will take that ride. And I want to go back to prison for three more years. Right. You know what I mean? But I. But my, my life gets so shorted that we don't even care. It's all about the way we feel. Mm-hmm. It's all about the way we feel. And if we can't get happiness out of this life on the natch, we will – we will try to find it through sex, gambling, alcohol, drugs, something, right. something outside of ourselves that will give us temporary happiness, but it is not wholehearted. Mm-hmm. Like the reason why I want to do drugs today. The reason I don't want to freaking, yeah, I had a great time with heroin. I had a great time with meth. I had a great time. But the consequences and turned into a pile of crap every single time. Every time. Every single Never time, finished. I just got super old. Right. The reason I don't want to do all that stuff now is not because it's going to ruin my life if I freaking get loaded or if I drink again. You mm-hmm. I mean, or I'm going to give up everything that's good for me? No, I don't want to do that stuff because I don't want to change the way I feel.
1: Absolutely, at so, all. Now I got a question. Like I'm you. happy. You mentioned happy. Uh, You are happy. I am. You're Super a very happy, happy man. I, I love happy. that about
0: you. Uh, yeah. So am I. Yeah.
1: In most cases, ninety percent.
0: <laughs> my back. 90%, my 90%, back sometimes yeah, hurts, yeah, and then yeah, I'm not yeah, happy. Yeah. But
1: that's okay. So you said at the age of twenty, mm-hmm. you had a kid on the way.
0: Yeah, my daughter.
1: That's your. How many kids do you have? Two. Two. And your kid From now, obviously, is people. what twenty-some odd years old. Thirty.
0: 31 okay
1: so those years of you going in and out of prison how was that for your kid i was never there was she coming and visiting no uh what what was going through your head like did you
0: even care or was it hard to care it was hard to care i was so broken inside i was always tripping on myself right were you getting loaded in prison yeah all the time and yeah yeah People, it was readily available no, drugs are expensive in prison. People don't understand that. Right. People think, oh, drugs are everywhere in prison, and they're just it's a free for all. No, drugs right. are expensive in prison. Right. Right. You know what I mean? There's I mean, a lot you know, to going it, to get it in there. mean, you know it comes in. It's and, a hot you commodity. Mean, it, 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 it come, it comes in, right, right. but so, you know, but when it runs out, and, you know, what I mean, it runs out, and you're not gonna go around and buy it because it's, you know, and you're not gonna stay strong. I mean, sometimes, I mean, sometimes, right. you know, what I mean, but it's just not.
1: So this like is, what, this is what's a big deal for me, and I want mm-hmm. to know this. At the age of 20, you started to uh, realize your potential, as you were saying, right? Mm-hmm. You knew you, you, were, you were ambitious. You had ambitions mm-hmm. growing up. Mm-hmm. What the fuck am I doing? And now you're going in and out of prisons and rehabs. And, and to my understanding, you already introduced the, like, 12, the 12-step world mm-hmm. before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but then you didn't get sober till 2012.
0: 42.
1: At the age of 40, 42. 42 years old. 42 years old. Mm -hmm. A lot of years went by. Mm -hmm. What the fuck happened that at 42 years old, you finally said, fuck this, I'm putting the shovel down and digging my own grave?
0: There's this loop that we get into, that I got into, this loop. Whenever I'm loaded, whenever I'm loaded, and I'm like, hi, and I'm feeling okay, I'm feeling good, I'm like, I need to get sober. I can't keep doing this stuff. Once I get sober, it's going to be awesome, and I'm going to be great. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I had moments of clarity when I'm freaking super high and feeling good. You know what I mean? But then when that stuff wears off, so whenever I'm high, I want to get sober. Whenever I'm getting sober, all I do is want to get high because I can't stand the way I feel. Right. I can't stand the way I feel. I'm bored. I'm frustrated. I'm irritated. And then I think I just need to work. I just need to go to get a new career. I just need to get a job. I just need to go to the gym more. I just need to – all these all these things – and it turns out, no, I need to work on my condition. I never worked on my condition. I did all 12 steps one time to the best of my ability, and I've never been the same ever since. Mm-hmm. And then I learned that there's tools in there that you use for daily living. Right. There's tools that you use for daily living, and there's also accountability factor, and there's also the secret to life is adding value to people's lives. Mm-hmm. I always thought that if I stopped using and drinking, I'm good now. Look at how good I am. I'm good. I'm not drinking anymore, and I'm not using it anymore, and everyone's proud of me. And, like, no, no, that, that that ain't it. I'm adding no value. The secret to life is adding value to people's lives. Mm-hmm. If you're not, you know, I heard this thing. If you're not improving somebody's life, mm-hmm. you're wasting your time. It's true. It's you're, true me. I mean, you got to improve your employers. A lot of people are just all about, like, see, it was me alone in the world tripping on myself all the freaking time, adding no value. That means you were only thinking about yourself. The whole time. The whole time. It, it's selfishness. And, and,
1: and that's why, hence the reason I ask about your kid being, you know, Kind of with a fatherless, yeah. She was a fatherless child.
0: You weren't. You were absent in your kid's life. Totally absent. Are you present in your kid's life now? Yes. And my mom's life, and my family's life, and like you know, a lot of people's lives. I'm totally. I'm dependable. I'm reliable. Mm -hmm. I'm there. I'm freaking. uh, You know, just this is this is transformation.
1: It's an absolute transformation. Forty
0: two years old. At forty two years old. Uh Okay, I was the exact same man as I was when I was 15 years old. When I was 15 years old, I was smoking crack for the first time right. in a house in Newport Beach, and I'm just like laughing and going, this is amazing. Right. I need to steal some money from my mom to get some more crack. Mm-hmm. And then at 42 years old, I was in a house. I'd just gotten out of prison. i been out for about eight days. I was shooting heroin, and I'm like, this is a bomb heroin. Who am I going to rob or steal from to get some more heroin? Right. And I had less at 42 than I did at freaking 15. Less uh, tangibly? I had a black trash bag. Mm-hmm. When I went back to prison, my family was so disgusted with me that they threw everything away. I was not allowed in my family's home, nothing. And my mom told me, hey, don't don't call, don't freaking, no, no one wants nothing to do with you, Danny. Mm-hmm. You're going to die from a heroin overdose or you're going to do something stupid and go to prison for the rest of your life. Did you ever overdose? A bunch of times, and and you just were revived. Or I was revived. Or I was a uh, one time I woke up in a shower. Another time I woke up in a in, in the hospital. Another time I woke up in a detox. Another time I woke up with ice in, in a bathtub with a bunch of ice all over me. Right.
1: You know it's what I mean? Something upstairs, the spirit of the universe wanted you to continue to live. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so obviously at the age of forty two, which mm-hmm. you you made this absolute decision, like fuck this. Uh, what was the turning point?
0: I was not capable of making a, uh, uh, that decision. I was not capable. I was just like, you know, God, higher power, universe, whatever you so want to call it. So you thought outside yourself for that? Just whatever happened, it was just a series of events, mm-hmm. you know. I was like, super loaded That's and nice. I was super high. And then I found out some friends of mine. That I had done time with that were sober were hanging out at this program called Wood Glen. Uh-huh. And I freaking made some calls and I'm just like, hey, you know, just checking in. What's up? And Wood
1: Glen and is in northern Orange County, California. Fuller-
0: it's Fullerton. Fullerton. Yeah. It's sort
1: of an indigent type of
0: place. It's a low bottom indigent. Low bottom indigent. Yeah, recovery center. And they yeah. had gotten sober, these people. And some of these people had gotten sober. Uh-huh. And, then, and then when I talked to them and I was super high, they said, don't worry, Danny, we got a bed for you. And I didn't, wasn't even asking really like it. I was just like, hey, I'm calling. Hey. And they're like, I go, I don't know what I'm doing. They right. go, don't worry. Let's take care of it. And they freaking made some phone calls. And then I showed up there and I did my last. I, I, didn't, I didn't hit this bottom. Like, I've hit bottoms before. Every, this, you know I mean, But I didn't hit this bottom to where I'm like, I'm so done. I never want to use drugs. No, I did a fat shot before I went to detox. Right. You know what I mean? I'm like, I got to get high before I go to this detox.
1: I heard an old timer one time when I was new. He said, every bottom has a trap door. Yeah. That means every time that you get locked up, that should be a bottom. Every time you overdose, that should be a bottom. Every yeah. time you're homeless, that should be a bottom. You know the bottom is dead, right? <laughs> That's the other bottom, but but a spiritual bottom, I think, but believe is much different than like these physical and tangible
0: bottoms. My bottom was pure confusion. Right. Everything I learned about people, places, things, circum. that moment, everything I learned about every book I ever read, every bit of knowledge I ever got out of this place called life, everything that I had picked up. For those 42 years about people, places, things, stuff, everything, how things work in life, I took all of that knowledge and I put it to life the best I could. And at the end of it all, I was a man that was freaking super confused and I had a black trash bag to my name that's my bottom. I was pure confused. Like I never wanted to be a deadbeat dad. I never wanted to be a piece of shit son. I never wanted to be a man that 42 years old with nothing, no home, no car, no nothing. I didn't want to be this guy. And I always say this too a lot of times about these weird bottoms. Like mine was confusion. Like I was just confused. I thought I was smart. And, uh, you know, I say this thing that we can all relate to is that, uh, just because my bottom might've been like on the fifth tier of Folsom in a prison cell. And I'm like, fuck my life, FML, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And I'm just going through it does not mean that my bottom is any worse or any better than Mm -hmm. a housewife that is drinking herself to death and Mm -hmm. she's in a $9 million home and she's losing her kids. She's losing her marriage. She's losing her home. She's losing her freaking sanity, but she's never been arrested, never had a speeding ticket. We're both in hell. Mm -hmm. We're both in the exact same hell. You know, And, and, and the thing that crosses all boundaries is feelings. Feelings. Totally. You know?
1: Now, Danny, <clears throat> over a period of time, let's talk about the transformation. When you were in, when you became engaged and engulfed mm-hmm. in recovery, mm-hmm. you took the ship by the horns. I mean, you took it really seriously. Obviously, yeah. those guys that came before you at Woodland were somewhat—they were examples for you. They demonstrated yeah. what 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 a transformation is about. Like, we don't mm-hmm. live that way anymore. We don't live that lifestyle anymore. Danny, mm-hmm. follow us, and and we won't we won't lead you in the wrong direction. So. What happened then? You got married in recovery. Mm-hmm. Did you have a kid in recovery? Another no. Kid? no you already had another kid from mm-hmm. before, so two mm-hmm. kids. Um, what what made you who you are today? Because this is what I get from you, like, dude, you're you're you were a rough <laughs> you were a rough motherfucker back in the day, right? I, I mean, you don't just end up in places like where no. you've been and around the people that you were because because you, you were running like running amuck. I, I know those types. Yeah. I, I I was those types. I used to hang with those types, and and a lot of them are not well. A lot of them still are in that lifestyle, and I don't think they ever really spiritually, mentally, physically developed to the point where they could get to this point. What, what if, what's your driving force? What do you do now, and what are you doing, and what okay. this transformation? Speak about that.
0: So when I got to the program, I heard this thing, um, and, and I'll never say that the twelve steps is the only way to recover. I'll never say that, but it is a discipline, just like martial arts are. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, there's a lot of disciplines, and every every master in each discipline kicks ass in life. Sure, you know, what I mean, and so the twelve steps is just the like, we'll call it kung fu. Right, you know, what I mean, so this is a discipline of recovery of transformation. Mm-hmm. So this discipline, you know, I've gotten all these twelve step meetings, I've gotten all these twelve step rehabs, and I heard this guy on a panel, and he said that uh, uh, you know. Um, he said, he goes, the program isn't just, you know, then all of a sudden you're going to put the plug in the jug, and you're going to stop using and drinking, and you're going to be amazing. Right. The program's these 12 steps. That's this program. And I thought, I've been to all these things and I've never done these 12 steps. Right. So I made an inner commitment and then when I, uh, to, no matter what I think and no matter what I feel I'm gonna complete all 12 steps mm-hmm. right So I'm gonna complete all 12 steps and I knew and I had no belief in God, no belief in a higher power I had no comprehension of what that even looks like or feels like it right. was a higher power all they got is me right so um, so I got the sponsor the sponsor asked me are you willing to do whatever it takes mm-hmm. and I told him yes. I told him, yes, I didn't even have the capacity to like make that kind of commitment. Right. But what I held on to is that when I got out of prison and my mom said, you know, that basically you can't come here anymore. You're not welcome in this home. Mm-hmm. Danny, I've watched you your entire life. You've made a million promises and you've never kept one. When I gave that man my word mm-hmm. for some, I mean, I'm bright enough to understand if you show me a person that can't keep their word, I will show you an ultimate failure. Right. You got to keep a something. Mm -hmm. So for some reason, I I gave that man my word and I did everything he told, me, praying on my knees to a God I didn't freaking believe in, writing all the, it it just didn't seem right to me because this is the weird thing too, is that I have gone after everything in life that I thought was going to work for me, Mm -hmm. college. I went to college for a long time and I'm trying to study, trying to do this. I I did all these freaking things that I thought was going to be right for me in my life Mm -hmm. and none of it worked out. So this thing, these 12 step things, I didn't, I, I didn't see how like, writing down all the people that screwed me over in life was going to help me. I couldn't see I'm making amends to people that I did wrong and let them know, like I screwed you over and now I need to, I didn't see how that was going to help me. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, the basic bottom line thing is willingness, Mm -hmm. willingness. So I made this decision. I go, you know what? I might as well try this. I don't know. I just felt screwed. I felt I was 42 years old and I've been, and my truth was I'm 42. I can no longer do the stuff that I love to do because that makes me, because it's the consequences is just crap. You know, I could see that that, that the consequences are crap. And, and now I've been sober so many times in the past. And it has never been great. It has always been boring and frustrating. And at some point being sober, I must get loaded. Mm-hmm. So that was my truth. So now what the hell am I going to do? Right. So I had this tiny little freaking thing called hope.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I hope this shit works. Because I don't know what to do. Right. And I've seen other happy people. And and the coincidence and the... The, the common thing that they had in common, mm-hmm. they'd say, but Danny, hey, man, like fucking like, like, hey, do you need a job? Do you need this? Do you need a couple bucks? Do you need some smokes? Hey, I'm going to come visit you on Saturday. I'm like, how the hell did you get so happy? We were shooting dope in Chino three years ago. Right. Like, what the hell happened to you? They're like, I went through the steps. I work with guys now. And then I see this guy. He's like, hey, I just built this business. I built a business. I'm like, how the hell did you get so happy? I went through the steps. I'm like, what the hell? And it was just this weirding about people going through the steps and there's having this psychic change paradigm shift and the bottom line is they seemed happy mm-hmm. i couldn't see that it was going to work for me because i talked shit on the 12 steps i did there was all this crap about it for years and i didn't believe in god higher power magic man upstairs right and but i was willing so i was willing to do the steps are like the steps are like push-ups mm-hmm. right i can say I, I can tell you that push-ups is the worst exercise in the world I can tell you that's the stupidest exercise in the world. They're dumb. I can tell you the feeling that you get from push-ups is stupid. You know what I mean? It's uncomfortable and lame. But if I do 200 every single day, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what I thought about it. It doesn't matter what I felt about it. But what does matter is what I did. Mm -hmm. And if I do 200 every day at the end of 30 days, I will be stronger Mm -hmm. no matter what. No matter what I think and feel. Mm -hmm. If I do them every day, and that's what these steps are. I did these steps, I did my inventories, I did my amends, I did my prayers to a God I didn't believe in, and something weird started happening to me. My heart started feeling lighter, I started seeing things. I go, normally that would drive me crazy. Why isn't it driving me crazy? Normally I would punch that person, I'm not. Normally, I could care less about this person struggling. I don't care, and now my heart's going out to people. My heart's caring about myself, caring about the world around me, seeing things in a way that I never have before. Yeah. And it's like this dimmer switch in a dark room that started getting brighter and brighter and brighter. Yeah. And then I came into a place that I became happy first. You tapped into spirit. I got The paradigm shift, That's the spiritual it. awakening, and now I'm so happy and free that, like, I just I help a lot of people every day. I start a foundation, help people. And uh, that's the thing. We all want to be valuable. How do you become valuable? Just by standing there? No, you become valuable by adding value to people's lives. You become lovable by loving other people. You become, and it takes a lot of courage to do this. Right, A humongous amount of courage, but I did not care about people before. So for a guy that... Had, now I do. Now I care about everybody. I know you do. I care very much. I want people to succeed and be able to get the gift that I did because it's accessible. So you you had
1: nothing but a black plastic bag. And then over a period of time, you started to redevelop and, and get back into the mainstream of life. You did all this transformational work. Now, you also, you've investigated lots of schools of thought. I know that you... Mm-hmm. Tons. You were checking out my books on my Man, shelves. and And... And so, what get what got you interested outside of twelve steps? Because like we just said a second ago, twelve steps isn't for everybody. Okay. It, yeah. It, there's a lot of huh. people. It works for a lot of people. Sure. For a lot of people that work sure. it, it works millions, right? Um, but you know, there's a lot of people that that want to try other things. And so, Great. what what other schools of thought have you studied that you really enjoy? Because dude, you're a deep spirit. Like, yeah. you truly are. I, I, I watch you from a distance. <laughs> and <laughs> I've seen a YouTube video of yours that's not out yet. I yeah, won't yeah, talk about yeah. it. But, like, dude, to see who you were mm-hmm. and who you are, and I'm just like, fucking love this guy. Yeah, fucking love this guy. Like, you, you, you're a happy, joyous, and free man. And it's very evident, not just from the outside, but, like, you could tell your soul flows. Yeah, And you are yeah. of, of, you know, of service and helping people. Um,
0: what other schools of thought have you studied that you really enjoy? you know this is a um i'm very non denominational you know i like yoga i'm also a yoga instructor and i also i uh, like meditation and i like uh, um i like you know I don't want to get all uh, super religious or anything. Um, definitely not. But, uh, as far as I define people by their character, Mm -hmm. I don't care because I've met some awesome, amazing Muslims in my life. Mm -hmm. I've met some awesome and amazing Buddhists in my life. Mm -hmm. I met some awesome and amazing Hindus in my life. Mm -hmm. You mean, and I've met awesome and amazing Mormons. Right. Awesome. I've also met very bad. Mormons, very bad Buddhists, right. very bad Christians, very bad Muslims, too. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's, it's not good, religion. And and it's good and bad and all. It's good and bad and all. Yeah. It's not the religion, right. you know, it's not the religion, it's character. Right. You mean, does a person care about people? Mm-hmm. And I don't care what it is, you know, and so uh, for me, some of the other schools of thought, and, and and, you know, the 12 steps, this program of recovery, I like to think that I'm a diabetic, right? If I'm a diabetic, I have diabetes. Mm-hmm. Can a diabetic have a great life? Can a a diabetic uh, uh, learn a trade? Right. Can they do it without insulin or checking their blood sugar? Mm. No. No. They have to. They can't. Right. So now, all the books that I ever read when I was in prison, and I thought, that is so amazing. That's extraordinary. That's neat. Oh, Plato, Aristotle, these uh, Nietzsche. You know, all these like, uh, like philosophers and all these like idealists, like, they were all great concepts, mm-hmm. but I did not. And they seemed great in te- intellectually, but my heart was not able to b- have the power to motivate myself to practice anything. Right. Once I got through these steps and got free from the bondage of self, tripping on myself all freaking day, once I got free from that, now I could practice and study all these other um all these other practices mm-hmm. you know like i like i i i love a, a smart recovery i like uh uh you know a cognitive behavior therapy refuge, i like refuge, refuge i love refuge for recovery mm-hmm. I, I love all of it i love all of it you know i mean like every any, of any anything that's helping people recover anything that's turning taking people from darkness into the light i don't mm-hmm. care what it is right. and also a manifestation of spirituality mm-hmm. A manifestation of spirit. You know, I, mean, I talk to people and they say, "Oh, I'm very spiritual. I'm very spiritual." Like, well, who are you having an impact on? Right. That's what it matters. This, this is this is listen, everything. If next- you're spiritual, you will have no doubt. You will be a light in somebody's life, and you'll be making a difference in somebody's life. And for the brighter, that's what spirituality is. The greatest spiritual people, right. th- They have an impact on people. You know, it's really interesting that you say that the other day when we
1: were texting uh, about this, about meeting. Uh, you talked about wanting to talk about service. And I want to get to mm-hmm. that in a second. So this is what's important to me. Uh, ego comes in many layers, right? Yeah. Definitely. There are people who, who think that they're helping people, let's say by uh, doing charitable acts. It seems that a lot of people, especially companies and, and corporations and things, they love to give to charity. Some would say sure. that they're doing it because they're giving. Some would say that they're doing it because it's a tax write-off uh, some some of them like to stamp their name on the side of it and let you know that they donated. But sure. and some people do it anonymously. Sure. They might just send like a thousand dollar, five thousand dollar check to some charitable organization with with no strings attached, right? Sure. So ego comes in a lot of layers. A lot of people want to let it be known that they do service, right? Now I I believe that when we, the greatest. Leaders, and when I say leaders, I don't mean like leaders of countries and things like that, but I'm talking spiritual leaders or people that can be looked up to that I've noticed are in the act of constant service. This is constant service.
0: I read this letter years ago and it was from King George III mm-hmm. and he signed it at the bottom of the letter, your humble servant, King George III. Mm-hmm. And I thought, why would he sign it, your humble servant, King George III? You're a, you're, you're a king. You have a castle. You have an army. You have a navy. You run a freaking country. You run England. Right. Why would you sign it, your humble servant? Right. But if you think about that deeply, mm-hmm. the greatest leaders that have ever been on all times, they have one thing in common. They put the welfare of the people ahead of their own. They serve the people. They think about the people. They they're servants. And they, a leader that serves himself by himself, for himself, and trips on himself all freaking day is a tyrant. Mm. Leaders are servants. I'm a servant today. Right. I serve as many people like I don't want my life to be defined by how much money I make or how much how many cars I have or how many houses or not. It will be defined by how many people I have helped. That's it. That's, That's it. it. that by how many people I I, I've helped in life. And I am compelled to help people now because it's just like an injury. Like if you had a special specific elbow injury and you had a, and then it screwed up your life. Right. Mm -hmm. And now you wear this special cast on this, like a weird looking cast and it's on that elbow. Mm -hmm. Right. And you got to wear this thing for a little while. Mm -hmm. And then, but when you take, and then the doctor comes in and takes that special cast off Mm -hmm. and your elbow's like, dude, Dude, this is working this is the greatest thing ever right you're like that is the the most amazing cast ever right right right. so now when you're walking down the street and all of a sudden you see you're like you see a guy with the cast on and you're like dude i had the same cast your arm is going to be amazing i promise you wear the cast do the exercises you're going to be amazing you were it's not even like I think I should help that person down the street there mm. because he has that special cast. No, I am compelled to run up to people and tell them, "Look at you! Suck with heroin. You suck with meth. Your life is a bunch of shit." Mm-hmm. I promise you, wear the cast. You can be amazing. Mm. That's yeah. how I feel today.
1: Absolutely. That's how
0: I feel today. Do you know what I mean? Like I am. Like I can see people in darkness everywhere, and we have found the way out. And I'm like, just, just do this thing.
1: We become the light. Become alive. So, and that's the hope.
0: That's the hope, man. Like, we can change. We can change. We can go from strung out, tweaked out, lying, stealing, cheating, sad, depressed. Fuck my life. We can go from that into something pretty decent and amazing. We're We're, powerful. People are powerful. Like, they have no idea. I've
1: said this before and I'll say it again. Yeah. Every human being is a mystic. If they tap into that the, the loving the loving source that's within yes you know that we, we can we should all be of service, we can all be of service a lot of people overdose a lot of people die, yeah. especially in this day and age yeah. we, we're seeing more i know of more overdoses that happen during covid than people that have died of covid i I'm, I'm no COVID. people have died of covid, but like
0: yeah.
1: overdoses run rampant and, yeah. and it doesn't people don't discriminate like when it comes to an addict. They don't give a shit about like a vaccine and things like that. They think they they want to get their next fix, right? Yeah. So the dropping like flies, I believe, you know, a lot of them have had enough information to where they could make a different choice, but they make a bad choice. And then you, know, you never really know when it's going to happen. You don't. you don't know when you're going to die. You right. So you've created a foundation mm-hmm. and, and it, where is it based out of?
0: Fullerton. Fullerton. Standing United. Okay.
1: And mm-hmm. Standing United is a nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. And what does it, what do you do?
0: We take people from zero to hero and we don't charge anybody anything. We uh, take people, we can't help everybody, but everybody can help somebody. But we- uh, um, Is there a waiting list? No, not necessarily. I mean, if I get, I get a lot of calls, I got a team of volunteers that are able to help. And uh, uh, what we do is when someone needs help and they want to do something different, it depends if they need detox, they need program, if they need treatment, if they need uh, just sober living, if they need a job, We will take them, put them into a program, put them into a detox. You know, it depends if they have medical insurance or whatever. But once they're there, we will take care of people the whole way. We'll get them their ID. We'll get them a job. We work with numerous employers that will hire these guys. We work with uh, uh, – From zero to hero. From zero to hero. And once they're on their feet and they're able to – and we will take out every excuse. The only reason that they will fail is either they relapse again or they're lazy. I will give everyone everything, every, everything Smoke. you need smokes, you need clothes, you need shoes, you need a tie. What what do you, what do you need? We'll provide everything for that individual. And then the, the, where, cause I mean, something so small is like, I don't have cigarettes today. Right. Like I'm in a sober living and I don't have cigarettes. I don't have, I I have a job interview across the other side of town, Mm -hmm. but I have no way to get there. Right. That'll make a person fail. $6 will make a person fail. People don't understand that they want to help, but people need to be able to be in a house. It's one hundred and fifty dollars to pay for someone's sober living for the week, mm-hmm. one hundred fifty bucks. So it's like under two hundred dollars to be able to get a person in a safe place where they go to go to work. Now, you know, I mean, it's not really that much, mm-hmm. but it takes time and patience and energy. You know, and uh, you know, patience, love, and tolerance is our code. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it it takes a lot of courage to be patient with the impatient. It takes a lot of courage to be tolerant with the intolerable. But some of these guys are so broken and they're, you know, they're so broken, but they just need some love and some compassion. And once they're on their feet, once they once they earn their first or second paycheck, they're on their feet, they're self-supporting, then, you know, we, we go to the next guy or the next girl or the next person. And does,
1: does the foundation take donations from yes. people to
0: be able to operate? That's the only way that we can sustain. And to help. You know, and then we have fundraisers and we take donations and then – uh um, we're uh, working on all different kinds of things, you know, for funding.
1: You, you, and it's, it's growing.
0: It's growing. It's great. We're, we're 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 great. No wonder your life is so full. Look at the adding. You only become valuable when you add value to people's lives. That's right. You only become lovable when you love other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how the hell are you gonna? How the hell are you gonna be valued? See, I had it so backwards. I want everyone to love me, mm-hmm. but I was giving nothing back. Right. I want everyone to serve me but I'm serving nobody right. like I, I was a taker the secret to life is giving I keep giving and I keep giving and I keep giving and the more I give God the universe says you know what check this out you're a giver
1: Right.
0: you're a giver so guess what because of that I'm gonna give you more because you've been a good steward with what I've given you right. and it just keeps coming it just keeps coming it's like mind-boggling and baffling it's, it, it, it blows it's my amazing. mind.
1: I want you to know something. So a few years back before I even knew you, mm-hmm. like per, on a personal level, every time that I would see your Facebook page or I'd see you in a meeting or somewhere and people would talk about Danny, <laughs> they speak highly of you. <laughs> Thanks. The, and the reason is, it's, it's, and I'm not saying this to stroke your ego. You don't really not, give a shit about shit yeah. like that. It's because you're a good man and you, you're truly helping you're helping people. You're changing lives. And that, that's what matters to me. That's one of the reasons I wanted you on here. My <laughs> Peggy's Recovery Corner is yeah. is about all yeah. things recovery-based or lack thereof. Yeah. I'll have people on here who, who think they're in recovery. And if they say they're in recovery, they're in recovery. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to sit here and tell them that they're not. Yeah. But I like to hear yeah. many different versions of recovery and what people consider recovery. For you, having a guy like you on, especially with the background that you have and yeah. the style of life that you had, to see this, what you've done with yourself, is a fucking complete transformation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't. I don't see it any other way. You know, and and by myself, like we, when we were just shooting the shit outside, and you were smoking the cigar and talking, like you talk about me. Like I try, I try not to praise or, or to hear the praise. I don't give a shit if people. All I want to do is is be of maximum service to God and His fellows, yeah. and 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 anybody that comes into my path. That means that when I wake up at the top of the morning. If I even have for one second any kind of like negative self-talk, which I really don't anymore, I really don't, I, I tap into what is greater than myself and ask God, higher power, please show me what you have in store for me today. Yeah. never fails me. Yeah. I go in and throughout my day, phone rings, I run into someone, someone less fortunate, someone more fortunate. Sometimes a, a lot of people think that, Pez, you help a lot of people. Actually, no, I don't help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people help me. Help you. Yes. They help me. Yes. If I go to the soup kitchen and I'm, and I'm serving food to people, yeah. it's not because I'm, because I'm giving them physical soup or food to, for them to be able to eat that I'm helping feed them. I'm going there to be
0: reminded of where I came from. My sponsees, I tell all my sponsees, I go, thank you. They're like, thank you, Danny, so much for being there for me, whatever, doing that. I go, no, thank you for allowing me to serve you. Right. right. Like, thank you. Like, thank you. Thank you. Like, you have no idea. Like, thank you. Like, I couldn't be anything by myself. Right.
1: You wouldn't be able to do anything. I couldn't
0: be anything by myself. Right, right. We're not inherently valuable by standing there. Right. We're not. You know, and, uh, um, oh, uh, what was I going to say?
1: I don't know. I lost it. So what that. we'll close out with this. What you got in the pot? Like, a, I know you're doing some other – you said mm-hmm. you – Yoga. You, you teach yoga. I teach
0: right? yoga. Well, I'm uh, actually working on a little a studio. I'm going to open. Maybe do like two classes a week or something because I'm busy. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, you know, I'm going to teach some meditation. I'm into the breathing. You know, like breath works and mm-hmm. the kundalini. Right. And uh, just being at peace. You know, I find that uh, people are um, we're not at peace. Right. You know, you know what the most important moment of our lives is right now. Yes. This moment. This moment, you know what the most important day of our lives is? Today. That's it. It's this all month. we got. How are we treating it? That's right. How are we treating it? You know what I mean. How are we treating it? This is all we got. We're always here in this place called now. That's right. We need to open up and embrace the now. Too many, and if
1: we too many people are in are future tripping. What the to bad? Too many people are suffering from their Spending past. From the past. And
0: shortchanging themselves.
1: Short, from this, this, very this is moment, all we got. Is right moment.
0: here in this space. That's it. And we have to be able to be at peace with this space. Right. We're not at peace with this space, and this is where we live. Right. We don't live anywhere else. Right. You know, what I want to say, uh, too, is that, you know, uh, um, know, about, oh, yeah, about the uh, fears and insecurities. Like, you know, I'm not perfect. I got fears and insecurities and worries and doubts and frustrations and things that happen in my life, you know. And uh, I get negative self-talk here and there. You know what I mean? But the thing is, I can accept it all today. Right. I can accept all of it. I have things in my life in the future that are going to be frustrating, difficult, challenging. Oh, my God. Unbearable. But But I can accept it all today. That's right. Where before I would bitch about everything. Mm-hmm. I would bitch and complain about the problems. Today, I know that life is happening for me. It's all happening for me, right, yeah. not to me. Not to me or against me. Not to me or me. against me. Yeah. It's happening for me. Mm-hmm. And the bigger the climb, the bigger the battle, the bigger the victory. That's
1: right. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Boom. Absolutely. I right?
1: Agree with you more. Right? What a privilege it has been to have you on here today. <laughs> thank I, I thank love you, bro. man. You're such a you such a good man. Thank you. Truly. Uh, It's been an an excellent episode. Sorry about the beginning. The sound was a little shitty. Uh, We we got it fixed. Uh, We'll see how it ends up sounding in in later episodes. And then maybe one day we'll have you come back again to talk about other future endeavors and things like that. Thank you. Thanks for coming to the corner. Much love to everybody. Uh, Have a happy Sunday. Love you all. Bye. Woo.